Well, good morning. I am Talbot Davis, and I'm the pastor here at Good Shepherd Church, and where we really are inviting all people into a living relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, we are having a, a snow and ice event here near our Charlotte campus, and so we're not having live church this morning. Uh, back in the day, years and years ago, when we'd have a weather event, everything would shut down. We wouldn't do anything. But now, one of the benefits that God has massaged out of a really bad situation of COVID is that we now know how to do and how to do it relatively well, how to provide a Sunday morning worship experience for you, even when you're not able to get out of out of your home. And I know others of you, you tune in from places where you're not having a, a snow and ice event this morning, and, and you're like, well, this is how I always experience Good Shepherd, and, and I'm so glad that you here, you are here. So however you're connecting with us, I'm really glad to be able to connect back with you This is week three of our series that's called, as you could tell from the video, it's called By Design, where we've been looking at the reality that none of us are here on accident. We're all on purpose for a purpose. Three out of of the four messages in the series are going to come from Psalm number 139. Today is the exception. It comes from Psalm number 119 and verses 9 through 16. It's okay. This was part of the plan all the way along, snow or not. So if you have your Bible with you at your home, uh, go ahead and locate Psalm number 119 verses 9 through 16. And maybe again, as, as we say when we're worshiping together, you have a Bible that looks like this, or maybe it's on your phone and and either way is okay. And certainly up on your screen, the verses are going to appear just as they always do, because our team is so good at that. And, and we love for you to be able to check the scriptures for yourself, because we love the Bible at Good Shepherd. Maybe you already know that. We like to say it again and again and again. We really do love the Bible. We love the fact that it's not some sort of uh, one-layered book. It's not an instruction manual. It's, it's, it's wild. It's woolly. All kinds of authors writing in all kinds of styles. And the book of Psalms is more than anything a songbook, a songbook of ancient Israel, songs and hymns and collections from about 3,000 years ago is, is the song that we're going to be looking at today. And we love the Bible because we believe God has breathed his life into its words. He's put his truth onto its pages. The Bible really is inspired and eternal and true. And so I'm going to, when we talk about the Bible, when we are together at Good Shepherd, whether we are together in person or uh, online, we lift the Bible up when we're talking about it. And and, and when, when COVID was hot and heavy in the very beginning of it, and we weren't meeting live, so many of you took photos of yourself holding your Bibles up or your kids holding your Bibles up in your living room, and you were able to send those off to me. You can do that again today. Because we lift it up, because not not because we have to, we get to. We're a collection of people joyfully surrendered to the authority of the word and ready for its power to be unleashed in our lives. And again, I know I can't say any more words. I can't preach a good message without praying first. So let's pray. So God, thank you. Thank you for the, 
the, really the miracle of this technology, and thank you for the opportunity to, co- to connect with so many people online this morning. I asked for great safety in the Charlotte area, and I, I asked for great insight for all who have tuned in today. Fill me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet with a brand new, fresh, unmistakable pouring out of God the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I may, uh, I may have told some of you before about the most awkward birthday present that I ever received, and it happened on the day of my 12th birthday. And at that time, this may really surprise you given how my life has turned out, at the time I was an atheist, like a 12-year-old who was defiant as a non-believer in God. And, and the good chunk of my family, I come from a large family, a good chunk of my family was pretty antagonistic towards religion and faith in those days. But, but I'd had an older brother and his wife who became born again through the Jesus movement of the early 70s. And, and so they were really strong in their faith. And, and actually, their born-againness and, and my atheism and sort of some family-wide skepticism towards faith kind of put a little bit of divide in our family. We, we, you could say we were polarized before polarization was cool. Well, anyway, there I am at my 12th birthday, and most of my family is gathered around and watching me open presents. And I, and I got my present from my born-again brother and his wife, and I could, I could tell it was a book when they handed it to me. And I was like, oh, is it, is it, is it a book about football or, or a book about tennis? Or, or maybe it's a book on how to become irresistible to middle school girls. Of course, I'd already written that book, but no, it wasn't any of those books at all. And I opened it up and I realized to my horror, it was a Bible. It was a Bible that looked a lot like this, reach out on the cover. And it was a Bible designed for adolescents in the mid-1970s. And it was their gift to me. And I sort of put it back in the box real quick and put the wrapping paper back on it and, and mumbled some, some pretty inauthentic, thank you. And, and, and I watched other people in my family just seethe. See, almost every message that I ever give at Good Shepherd is from the Bible, but today I want to give one that is about the Bible as well. Because as we think about our design and, and, and even how to redirect our hearts and, and how we have been designed, I really am interested in the place of the Bible in so many people's lives. Maybe for, for, for you, the, the Bible has a place in, in your life kind of like Queen Elizabeth has in England. You know, a place of real honor and authority, but not much power, not much usefulness, actually. Or maybe you're one of those people and you really like that Bible lifting moment that we have at church. And you're so proud you go to church where we lift up the Bible, but, but, but... Sundays are the only day you lift it up. Or maybe you're one of those people and and you're kind of embarrassed about the contents that are in the Bible, at least what that college professor told you were the contents within the Bible. 
And then maybe, maybe others of you, you have that Bible app on your phone, but, but every week when you get that usage report, you, you learn all over again that that's the least used app on your phone or the re- least read book on your bookcase. And then maybe some of you, you love the Bible and, and you long for more of it. But wherever you are on that spectrum, from Bible skeptic to Bible lover, from from Bible expert to Bible novice, wherever you are on that spectrum, here's what's not going to happen at the end of this message. What's not going to happen is I'm going to grab you by the shoulders. I'm going to put a finger in your face and say, read the Bible more. Just read the Bible. That ain't happening at the end of today's message. But before I tell you what will happen and before I tell you what I'm going to tell you today, something I can't wait to tell you, can I tell you something about you? You you ready for that? You ready to learn a little bit about you? It's, It's the, you are unreliable. You give yourself the worst advice. Every time that you have followed your heart or trusted your gut or listened to that little voice inside, those have led to your greatest regrets and your grandest failures. The great Tom Petty may may have said, she's going to listen to her heart. It's going to tell her what to do. And she may need a lot of loving, but she don't need you. But I'm going to trust what Jeremiah says about your heart, even more than Tom Petty. And what does Jeremiah say? Jeremiah 17, verse nine, he puts it this way. The heart is deceitful above all things. Yeah. Your heart, the advice you give yourself, your inner voice has this unlimited capacity to deceive you, to delude you, to make you make every wrong decision. And the fact, the fact, Good Shepherd, that the, the fact that you have taken your own advice, that's why you blew up that family 10 years ago. Taking your own advice, following your heart, that's why you had that abortion or paid for your girlfriend to have one. That's why you don't have any money now. It's why you don't get along with your brothers and your sisters. And get this, for a lot of you who are single adults or single again adults, the fact that you have taken your own advice has landed you in yet another toxic relationship. And you can't believe I just said that. Because you thought nobody else knew you. You're unreliable. We're having a message, not just from the Bible today, but about the Bible. And to get anything about what the Bible says about life, what it says about itself, you got to know you give yourself really bad advice. And and all that leads into this brief look that we're going to take at Psalm number 119 today. Now, 
Now, Psalm 119 is long. It's 176 verses long. And I mentioned that, that the Psalms are, are, are songs. It's the song book of ancient Israel. So I don't know if Psalm 119 was, was a song. It might be one of those Grateful Dead songs where they just kept jamming and jamming and jamming and playing and, and never ending. That, that's how long Psalm 119 is. But we're not going to look at the whole thing. You're welcome. We're going to look at one paragraph from verses 9 through 16. So take a look at how this particular paragraph of Psalm 119 starts. It starts this way with with the songwriter asking, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? Now a lot of people reading that, maybe guys especially, are like, I don't... I didn't know I even wanted to get on the path of purity, much less stay there. A lot of people just want to be able to get away with their impurity. But actually, when when you peel back the layers, purity is not some sort of punishment. It's, It's a privilege. It's not a burden. It's a blessing. And when the song says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? It's really, how can you have the sort of inner wisdom to live a life with fewer regrets? How can you make the kind of decisions, even receive the kind of advice, have the sort of inner strength so that every day you go to bed at night with a clear conscience? without any second guessing of what you did, who you did it with, and where you went that you should have never gone. That's what he's talking about. Then he goes on. First, the answer, by living according to your word. Goes on in verse 10 and 11. I seek you with all my heart. You may want to circle that word heart. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. Verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. So you, you, you catch the drift. Heart. 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 It, it's really as, as if the, the songwriter knows. My heart is so deceptive and so deceitful. And if I follow my heart, if I take my own advice, if I, if I trust my gut, I know myself well enough to know that that is the road to disaster, that is the road to self-destruction. And so the songwriter realizes, I need, because my heart is so unreliable, because my own advice is so bad, I, I need to trust a source beyond myself. And when he talks about the, the, the word there, and when he, when he talks about your commands and your precepts and your decrees, it's, it's referring to the, the scripture of that day, which for the ancient Israelites consisted only of the first five books of the Bible, Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, what we, what we often call the law, history and law combined. But what I want you to realize is that this songwriter has the self-awareness to realize when I take my own advice, disaster is the result. I don't have have enough inner wisdom to make any good decisions at all. And so because I like that inner wisdom, I need sort of a mind from beyond. I need a brain from beyond because I subjectively make such a mess of my own life, I need an objective source from beyond myself 
to pour wisdom into me, to to protect me, as we talked about last week, to protect me from me. See, our original design, which we've been looking at in Psalm 139, it was good, very good. And and yet from our first parents and on on through, through the parents that you have and the parent that you are, our original design has been marred and, and marred and flawed by our own thinking and our own advice taking. And so here's really where it lands us. And here's what I want you to know why the scripture is so valuable, Good Shepherd. Stop taking your own advice so you can start letting scripture give you the kind of wisdom you'd never figure out on your own. You catch that? Stop taking your own advice. Realize that, that your inner wisdom will only come from the mind beyond yourself. Stop taking your own advice so that you can start letting Scripture give you the kind of wisdom you'd never figure out on your own. All of us, because we are so inherently unreliable, we need a source from beyond us to speak truth within us. See, here's how it works, I think. A couple months ago, a few months ago, I got myself... I got myself a brand new used car. I mean, I kind of love it, my brand new used car. And, and one day, shortly after I got in that brand, did I tell you I got a brand new used car? One day, not long after I'd gotten it, I was driving around on some pastoral duties and dry, driving in a little road, kind of not too far from Good Shepherd Church. And, and this pothole rose up and attacked me. I mean, like out of nowhere, and it was loud. And I heard this bang, and I, I thought to myself, now that was some sort of loud co- co- collision between that attacking pothole and my brand new used car. And, th- and then I thought, but hey, my car's new, well, brand new to me. It's, it's strong. There'd be no, no problem. <laughs> well, I couldn't have been more wrong because all of a sudden, my dashboard, computer board, wherever you call, whatever you call these things on these newfangled cars, it sort of started lighting up with all kinds of information that I didn't even know was there in the first place. And it was like, danger, Will Robinson. And, and, and it started showing me the tire pressure in my front right tire was declining and declining fast from 33 down to 29 and 27 and 22. And, and it couldn't have been more emphatic. Stop driving the car, you idiot. So what was I able to do? I was able to pull over and, and, and get that tire fixed. If it had been up to me, if I trusted my own advice, I would have just kept driving on my merry way and I would have not only ruined the tire, but the wheel that carries it. It was the warning signs that I needed. Well, don't you see that that's how it works with Scripture? When you're tempted to follow your own advice right to disaster, Scripture comes along and it puts up all the kind of boundaries that you need and and all, all, all the kind of wisdom that you need to stop making dumb decisions and start making good ones. Flee sexual immorality, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. The love of money, it's the root of all evil, 1 Timothy chapter 6. The gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger, Proverbs 15. The bulk of Proverbs, don't talk too much. 
over and over and over, Scripture tells us not what we want to hear, but what we need to hear. Where is it in your life that you've been taking your own advice because you thought you were either too smart for the advice that's in here or too lazy to put it in practice? And now you know. You need to stop taking your own advice so you can start letting Scripture give you the kind of wisdom you would never figure out on your own. And then on the other end of the spectrum, as opposed to the guardrails that so much of Scripture embodies, there's those words that a lot of us need when, when we feel like we can't go on, when we feel like there is no hope. I got an email from someone connected to our church not long ago, and, and, and I just love how so much of it goes. Just, just listen to this. Talbot, I cannot express how much these emails we send out, some reading prompts, that guide people through books of the Bible. I'll share more about that later. How much these emails mean to me. My husband decided to leave the home, and I'm still praying hard for reconciliation, but as I slowly pick up the pieces, I now understand that even this hard thing is God's work. I had shut him out for more than two decades. And this situation brought me to my knees and is when I realized what the problem was. I thought this whole time I could do life without anyone, including God. I was strong and smart and had lots of common sense. I'm almost 40 and boy, have I been a mule. But it's amazing who God has surrounded me with, including people from Good Shepherd who got me reading the word before the world. And never would I have guessed how important these emails and the Bible would be to me, like food for the soul. You hear that? It's a breakfast of champions. I don't want to start my day without reading them. Each day they are exactly what I need and are extremely relatable with everything going on in my life. After realizing it was God who I was needing the whole time, the emptiness that I'd always felt went away. I oddly feel full now, even with this trauma that I and our children are navigating through currently. I never want to look back. Slowly, I'm cleaning up the mess that I've created with his, God's help, and I'm trusting that his plan is always better. I'm exactly where I need to be. Man, I want that to be yours. If you're in a crisis right now, I want you to know that the word does speak a better word into your life. And if you're not in a crisis right now, I want you to be able to understand that the, the quick, more quickly you stop taking your own advice, the more quickly God will bring you the kind of wisdom, get this, that will keep you out of those crises before you ever step into them. Now, a couple of things if I may, uh, about the Bible. We, we lift up the Bible at Good Shepherd, and a lot of you tell me that when we did it, your first Sunday morning that you tuned in or, or stepped in, that was when you knew it was the church for you. I love that. But know this, just because we lift it up doesn't mean we worship it. We don't worship the Bible. 
We worship the God who breathed life into the Bible. We don't have a living relationship with words on a page. We have a living relationship with a Savior on a cross. And also, don't, don't buy that line that you may have heard. that the Bible, It's just an instruction manual. Well, parts of it are, but it's a library. And there's a lot of parts of the Bible that are much more woolly and, and wild and, and frankly interesting than reading a book on how to fix your lawnmower ever could be. And also, don't, don't buy that line you might have heard. Maybe you didn't hear, ever hear this. I heard it. That the Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. Get it? Basic instructions. B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before leaving earth. See, don't diminish the Bible by reducing it to a cliche. It's so much more than any of that. And when we say that the Bible is inspired, it, it, it actually it means God breathed. And I want you all to know, in case you didn't, in case you've never thought of it this way, God breathed is so much better than God dictated. That God dictated would would mean that the authors of the Bible were were merely scribes or robots and none of their personality made made its way into the pages of Scripture. That couldn't be more wrong. God took human authors, human authors sometimes with a lot of quirks, And a lot of idiosyncrasies. And in the same way he takes our quirks and our idiosyncrasies, God redeemed it for something better and more beautiful than than it ever could have been on its own. I I love how God used the personality of Paul to convey the glory of Jesus. I love how he used the brilliance of Mark to put on display the beauty of the Messiah. And I, I love how he used the personality of Luke to help us gaze on the person of Jesus. It's God breathe. And it is so much more alive and so much warmer and so much more interesting than God dictated ever could be. Stop taking your own advice so you can start Letting the scripture, giving you the kind of wisdom that that you would never figure out. An inner, inner wisdom takes an outer mind, a mind from beyond yourself. And that's God revealed through his word. Can I show you one other pattern that I just think is fabulous from Psalm 119? Look Look at how it begins. A couple of these verses begin. Verse 12 Praise be to you, Lord. It's the opening of verse 12. Skip down to verse 14. I rejoice. And skip down to verse 16. I delight. Praise. uh, Rejoice. Delight. And and, and the way that we're conditioned to think, we we figure that what's coming next is I I, I praise, I rejoice, I delight, because man, that hype church that I went to had it going on. Or I praise and I rejoice and I delight because there was such a great spine-tingling song or or a moving prayer. Or I had every last request answered. And instead of what we, how we would finish those sentences, Psalm 119 undercuts our expectation every single time. Look at what it does. Look at verse 12. Praise you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. Huh? Verse 14. I rejoice 
What? In following your statutes. Verse 16, I delight in your decrees. I love it. It's genius. See, we, we would be like, oh, well, I want this mountaintop moment. And God, just pour more of your goodness and mountaintop euphoria hype into me. And at every turn, God says, no, 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 no. There is nothing more mountaintop than daily obedience. There's nothing more euphoric than submitting your life to the commands of God, knowing, get this, knowing that he knows what's best for you way better than you do. So if you're looking, man, I, I just want to experience God. I want those spine tingles that, that people talk about. I, I just want to feel it all over. God, God I want to I hear what God's saying. And, and, and God says, well, then learn what I said. You want to have those spine tingles. How about you submit, surrender to daily obedience, beginning your days even, not in the clutter of the world, but the clarity of the word. Stop. Stop taking your own advice. Only leads to disaster. Start letting Scripture give you the kind of wisdom you would never figure out on your own. So from that sort of awkward 12th birthday celebration where I opened up a Bible that I did not want, family seething around it. It's interesting what happened. I didn't throw the Bible away. I still don't know why I didn't throw that Bible away. I kept it. And then when I got saved at 17, I found it remarkably useful for growing in my own living relationship with Jesus Christ. And God has done so many good things since those early years of taking me more deeply into the word so that my greatest joy in life, and I do not exaggerate, is being able to excavate its truths with you at Good Shepherd and then celebrate them together. And you may remember that I promised you when we began This message would not end with me saying to you, read the Bible more. You're not doing enough. Read it more. Nope. We don't don't yell at you. We're not shrill with you. We don't patronize you. We want to come alongside you. You may remember that there was the email that that I read for you, and it was in which the woman mentioned starting her days in the word and not the world. And so we at this church are able to put together a daily reading guide. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who have it in their email every day, first thing in the morning. So they start their day not in their Facebook feed, but in the the word that lasts forever. And so we would love, we have the, the link for you to sign up for it. If you do that right now on your phone and you go to the email link on our webpage and then move down to the lower right corner to sign up for the daily reading prompts and you do that, it's so easy. Tomorrow in your inbox before 7 a.m. Eastern time, there will be a reading prompt because we don't want to just tell you to read the Bible. We want to give you some of the history and the context, which is everything, and the understanding behind it. Just so you know, We're in the book of Ruth 
Old Testament kind of short story documentary about a remarkable little family. We're in the the book of Ruth and we'll be picking it up in chapter 3. So it's okay. You'll be picking up a book in the middle of it, but we will help you understand where we have been and, and where we're going. And you, you will be on your own way to stop taking your own advice and start letting God's inspired wisdom give you the kind of insight you would never figure out on your own.